Hey guys, this is Mike. Welcome to Feeling Twisty. So, you know, techniques don't really matter. They're not, I mean, uh, they're not necessary. All over Facebook and Instagram, people I follow, groups I'm in, there's a lot of discussion, even debate. Some people get angry over techniques or what technique is the right technique in imagining and uh, consciously creating your experience in life, doing the things that I'm always talking about. I see all this debate about, you know, some people making fun of others that do affirmations or do scripting and others that's, you know, that say feeling it isn't the answer, that it's the words and people getting very, uh, very intense about it. Uh, about specific, it has to be specific techniques to get it to work. But each person writing those posts is only expressing what works for them. You know, in their life, and it, and for me too, I, I got stuck on technique and focused just on that. It's got to be this technique. It's got to be this way or it just won't work. You know, it won't, uh, I even poked fun at folks too for things, doing things that were different than me. And from what I'm experiencing now, it, and what I know now, that the technique is not necessary. Each one of us is God experiencing the life we've created. So whatever works for you, hell, let it work for you. You know, if you want to write it down, cool. If you just want to go straight into assuming it's done, that's awesome. That's my personal favorite. But it doesn't mean that to get that affirmations can't get to that point of that surety, that knowing that it's done or that scripting or all the, some techniques, I don't even know what they are. Something about whispering. But from my experience, whatever you call it, whatever you label it, it's still, if it's getting you to the point of being conscious of being your desire, you know, you want to change your experience in this life. If, if whatever you're doing is getting you to that point, then go for it and be open to try other things too. Because it, if, <laughs> if we truly are God creating, dreaming up this life of ours, if you don't like the word God, I am, or source, or your inner self, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. That's, again, another label. When it gets down to it, all the techniques, what Neville talked about, he, he never said that you have to do it this way. I found a number of occasions in his lectures where he said, this is where uh, this is what I know works, but there are infinite ways to do this. And if and he even asked people, when you find 
you know, experiment and you find ways that work for you, do it, go for it and let me know so I can share it with people. So he was open to new things. He was very uh, specific though, as far as the whole point of it is to assume that it's done and dwell in the end. No longer thinking of your desire, of what it is you want and living a life looking at it. He stressed the key was to live from that. It's already done. Your desire is already yours. And so your, your reactions to life, everything, everything changes because you're living and dwelling in new, a new state, the state of your wish, whatever that is, fulfilled. So the techniques don't really, they're not necessary. I personally find the quickest route to my desire uh, fulfilled is to know what I want and then be still and know that it's up to me. And then I ask myself, what would I feel like? How would I feel if that desire were already realized in my life? And has been for some time. And that, what it comes up within me is my answer. And that's me. That's, that's where I dwell. That's what Neville, from what I can tell, he was talking about. Whatever you're conscious of being, your concept of yourself, that's what you experience. So you change your concept of self and the whole world conforms to that new concept. I know it's, uh, I'm not, I have days, you know, where it's like moments of forgetfulness. <laughs> uh, I remember one time a while, uh, the, and I've talked about this before, how realizing that it really is up to me and there was no one to plead my case to outside of me, whether it a God in the sky or another person. When I really got that it was really up to me, it, it was a, a very wonderful day and then a very profoundly disturbing time. It was uh, like, uh, let me just see if I can describe it reenact this for you over the microphone. It was something like, wow, it's up to me. It's all up to me. Wow. And then a little later, the same day, oh my God, it's up to me. I remember that day. I cried. I hollered, screamed like, what? Ah. Uh. And I got out a lot of junk, kind of purged my system. So when you do realize it, at least for me, it was, like I said, a wonderful day and profoundly disturbing at the same time that, oh crap, it is up to me. <laughs> I notice some things, 
I'll have a hyper-focused on. I will decide what it is I want and then assume it's done, whether I create a scene in imagination. Neville talked about bringing up, you know, in, in that scene, I'll bring in all the tones of reality. Well, also, by just assuming it's done, assuming that you are that already, you are bringing in the tones of reality because you're bringing in that feeling that it's done already. And so it feels done. So that right there, you're bringing in the tones of reality. But however, whatever technique I might have used, I've gone within, imagined it, and know it's done. It's done. I've got this. But then I tend to, you know, stare at the problem, stare at the, what the, my five senses tell me, what the world around me is telling me. That glaring, like a big flashing, like police lights flashing at me. It's not fixed. It's not fixed. You're screwed. You're screwed. And then I continue hyper-focusing on it and hyper-focusing. It's just watching it. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at the physical, the outside world, the remnants of my past imagining, and I'm judging it. I'm judging it as bad and judging me as a failure. And I get frustrated and I start to freak out, start to get scared. I did something wrong. It's not changing. It's not changing. I don't know if you've ever done that, that hyper-focus, that just completely, totally centered in on that one thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be something seemingly small or seemingly big, but you hyper-focus on that one thing. And from what I'm noticing, what I'm discovering is that it doesn't necessarily mean that I wasn't successful in assuming that my desire is fulfilled. Not at all. If I know, if I know that I did it, I did it in imagination, that I know I moved in consciousness, I am being and living from that new state, that just because the physical, what's on the outside of me may not show it immediately, doesn't mean I failed. It means whatever I say it means. So by judging the circumstances, I'm giving it meaning. And by giving it meaning, I'm staying in the state I don't want to stay in anymore. I think that's what the Bible talks about when it says judge not. You know, it talks about that a number of places. Don't judge people. Don't judge, don't judge anything. Don't judge circumstances. Because everything is you. Everything is you. So when you give meaning to something that, in, in a negative way, that, oh, the bank account hasn't changed at all. Oh, crap. What did I do wrong? What technique? The wrong technique. I did the wrong technique. I should have brought smell into my imaginal scene or touch. I should have written some affirmations. I'm not, I'm not making fun because I've done this. I've gone round and round. What technique should I have done? I did the wrong technique and not doing it right. 
that great news though, you are doing it right. If you really are God, how could you do it wrong? Hmm? You can't. Now you may see on posts and hear from other people that here's how you, you know, you're doing this wrong. You got to do it this way. And if you don't believe that it's the words you speak only, then you're not going to be successful. Well, that's not true. Not true at all. And you don't need to pay someone for a treatment. You can seek out coaches if that's what you want. Perfectly fine. I love some coaches out there. Teachers, wonderful teachers. I've mentioned a number of them on earlier episodes. But they... You're bringing, you're bringing them into your experience because that's the state you're in. You're looking for a guru, a coach, because you believe you need that. You need someone to teach you. You really don't. You could have the life you want and the experiences you want completely on your own. I got a secret. You're doing it on your own already. Even listening to this episode. It's your own awareness of being who and what you're being right now that brought this episode to you into your life. So back to the hyper-focusing. I've noticed that uh, my memory, my memory of how things used to go you know, well, I used to, I remember it, it's always a struggle. And I'm not talking about the, the good technique that Neville talks about and others, uh, well, they quote Neville, but how Neville talked about using the I remember when technique, which is basically the same, it's the same, you're moving into the state of your wish fulfilled in this new consciousness, this new awareness of being. You're moving into this, but you're using that technique by you're putting yourself in the desired state, the new state, by remembering how life used to be, how life used to be a struggle. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about when I start my, uh, I'm, I'm not sure who, where I heard this from. Someone recently in the past year or so, I referred to it as the monkey mind, <laughs> or maybe others call it the ego or carnal mind. I like calling it conventional wisdom. What you know, conventional wisdom says that you've always been a screw up. Conventional wisdom says you don't know anything about finances, so how are you ever going to be wealthy or prosperous in any way? Conventional wisdom tells me that oh, based on my track record, I have never been a good father. I've been a disappointment neglected them, neglected my wife, never kept my word with my friends. So I, I could you look at those memories of the past, the seeming past, and give that meaning still. 
well, I, I used to screw up with money. I used to be bad at paying bills and, and it was always a struggle, kind of playing a shell game with a little bit of cash, like, you know, there's the, there's the bill collector or the utility guy in front of me and I'm playing a shell game. Like, here's your money. Nope, which shell? <laughs> Pick a shell. Nope, not that one. And I give those, those events that I remember meaning and I give them power over me now. And then fear sets in and I, then I let fear walk right through the door. Come on in, buddy. There you are. The Bible refers to it as Satan. There's not, there's not a devil out there trying to get me. The only devil is the doubt, the monkey mind, the rational mind telling me that you can't. You've, you've never been good at this. You can't do this. You're not going to be successful at that. How, how is this possible if you've got that little bit of money in the bank? You've got $50 in the bank. How are you going to be successful? How are you going to get through the week? You've imagined you're prosperous, but look at your bank account. Just like before, just like before when you, you had to scrape and, you know, it was nothing but 20 cent ramen noodles for supper every night. That only means something if I give it meaning. If I let fear walk through the door and I dwell in that state of fear and frustration, then I will stay hyper-focused on my problem. And instead of seeing it as something that happened in the past, that it's already done, I'm beyond that. I'm living in the end. I'm living beyond that point of success. Whether it's health or money or relationships, it doesn't matter. If I lock onto the memories of the way I used to be, and hold on to the fear and the frustration. I let it clothe me and I'm dwelling in that state of fear and frustration. Then I will continue seeing my desire as a desire, as something I lack. I want that. I don't have that because I'm still holding on to the way things used to be. And that's just my rational mind. It's, it's my rational mind telling me that my track record is not good with money, not good with family. So I let the rational mind dictate to me what's possible. The good news is that's BS. That's a load of crap. Served up from the monkey mind. I wrote something down. Let me see. Frustration and fear only occur when I'm reacting to circumstances and not living in the knowledge, the surety that I am the playwright, that I am the God of my universe. When I give 
meaning to the past, to the way things used to be, when I still hold on to that and not realize and not remember who I really am, then those problems will stay there as problems. When I'm thinking small and separate, that's when feelings of fear and frustration come up. I notice it now. It used to take me a while to notice it, but now I pick up on it rather quickly when I'm having some anxiety about a circumstance. And then it clicks. Dude, bruh, you're thinking small and separate again. You're feeling small. This tiny little human, five foot six, 130 pounds, nice beard though. <laughs> you're thinking small and separate. You're looking at people as obstacles and your bank account as something that has to be conquered. And your education is something that has to be fixed. When I'm thinking small and separate, fear, anxiety, frustration, all of that comes with it because that's a state. That's a state of being just like a state of wealth and a state of joy and love, loving husband, super dad. All of these are states, states of mind. We go through states all the time. You're in a, one state of mind at work, whether you're an employee or employer, when you're at home, you just flow from one to the other throughout the day. It's your state of mind, what you're conscious of being. You could be real crappy, it could be great, but we're doing it all the time. I only need to be still, take a deep breath, and dwell in the beautiful silence. And remember, I am the I am. The I am spoken of in the Old Testament. I am that I am. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. I do it all. And I remind myself that every desire comes from God within me. It comes from my higher self, my inner man. It comes from within me. It comes from who I really am. I have this body. I'm not this body. I have this body, I have this experience, but I can change this experience in life by changing my concept of self. I remind myself that every desire I have is a promise from God. And the Father delights in giving us those desires. It's the Father's good pleasure to fulfill our desires. Once I've accepted that, that that desire is mine, it's mine already. It's not something I, I lack. I have it. And if I've assumed it to be true, and I know I was successful, 
I was successful in that imaginal act, in that movement within mind. I know I was successful. Then I just make a point of not judging what my senses tell me. Because by judging it, I give it meaning. And by giving it meaning, I limit it. I put limits on it, on my life, on me. We're doing that anyway. Whether it's something wonderful or something negative, we're putting a limit. We're setting, we're defining the limit of what we're experiencing. So limit's not necessarily a bad thing, but when I'm judging something as, as bad, I'm giving something a negative meaning. That this means I'm not successful. This means I'm not, it's not working. Then I'm putting a limit on myself that I, I'm wanting to get out of, you see? So a wonderful thing for me is realizing not just assuming something is done, knowing that my consciousness, that I control this, that what I am aware of being is what I will experience. That's not the only part. For me, it's also dropping judgment, letting go of judgment of circumstances. Who am I worried about upsetting? Embarrassing myself? It's all my experience. So that's, for me, it's the, that. The, I judge some, a circumstance of what my senses tell me, what I'm seeing in the, in the outside world. What it, and then I, those times when I forget, and I think I'm small, I'm seeing it as something small, as myself as small and separate from circumstances. Then the fear and frustration and I worry about being embarrassed and humiliating my family or upsetting my wife. All of that comes from within me. So dropping judgment was a key for me. And I still have to remind myself, drop the judgment. Whether it's something on the news or something here in the house, anything, drop the judgment. Take the meaning out of it. Don't give it any meaning. Or put meaning on it that you want to. Change the meaning of it. If, he, if plucking the meaning out of it seems hard, well, imagine that it's not hard. Or just start reversing it. Something that used to give a negative feeling, and you know, you, it would cause a negative feeling inside you. Change the meaning of that. That doesn't mean, I like just telling myself, well, my stomach hurts. It's probably the chicken. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that. I've talked about this in earlier episodes, about different things, when you just remove the meaning from it, from it a, a circumstance, or change the meaning into something that you want. Neville talked about that. It's called revision revising something that's already happened, or revising as it's happening. This doesn't mean what I used to think it means. This doesn't mean anything. Because this doesn't, this doesn't fit into my new concept of self. 
So this doesn't mean anything to me. I'm learning to not see the outside circumstances and letting them dictate to me on whether I'm successful or not. Success begins and exists within me. So everything is perfect. If you've planted that seed, you've gone within, decided what you wanted, and put yourself there in imagination. You've created a scene and you've put yourself in that scene and brought up the images that you want to experience that, that imply that your wish is fulfilled and you've done it. You've felt the reality of it. Or you've just decided, I want that. And you've asked yourself, how would I feel if I was that right now? Hmm. And you've done it. You know you did it. Rest in the certainty that you've done it. And just because you have, you have some moments of anxiety and you have some, some doubt pops up, like I've talked about, memory. You know, you're thinking back on how, well, last time when it was like this, it was awful. No. Let that go. And don't, don't get, let it snowball and start worrying about maybe you did it wrong. You did the wrong technique. I, I'm, I'm not, I didn't feel it right. I'm not doing this right. Stop. You felt it. You brought the images up in your mind. You put yourself, you moved in imagination. You've done it. So don't give circumstances meaning. And don't give your freak out meaning. So you freaked out. So what? Not a big deal unless you give it meaning. If you decide that you that the freak out meant that you screwed up and you didn't plant the seed properly or you dug it up, then that's what it is. Or just decide that, yeah, I freaked out, but I'm still going. I got this. I planted that seed. And I'm going to continue living in the end. It's okay to freak out. I freak out. And then I remind myself of who I really am. Just relax. Be still. And know that it's all up to you. <laughs> ah! I know I was, that was a, yeah, that was a day for me. What do you mean it's all up to me? I can't do this. <laughs> Try this. And some people will say, you know, you shouldn't, you don't need to write anything down or script anything. It just, so what? I write stuff down. I don't, what I don't do is journal all the crap. I don't just journal my icky feelings down and, and give life to crap. I don't do that. So I do have a journal, a nice leather journal. And well, a lot of the things I talk about I have come from the journal that I've written down. I'll, things will pop up in my mind and some thoughts and experiences and I'll write them down. 
And also, also some interesting uh, dreams in here too. <laughs> so a journal's good. Again, it's the meaning you give it. Are you, are you using a journal to continue giving life to the awfulness, to the pain and the hurts that you've imagined? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't continue giving life to that. But so try this, write down, and I know some friends of mine that listen that are like, you don't need to be writing crap down. You don't need to write, just feel it, which is fine. I'm poking fun at a few friends that I know, uh, I think they're listening. But this is just a cool experience, uh, a cool experiment for me. It, it was a cool experiment for me. So write down, ask yourself your, the question, what do I want? What do I want? And then write down a few things or a, a bunch of things. I don't care. However many you want to write down. I picked, when I try, I did it, I just wrote down three core states that I dwell in, dealing with me being a dad, and me being a husband, and me being a teacher. It's so funny. For a while, I... Uh, avoided calling myself a teacher uh, of this this and but that's what i'm doing i'm teaching myself i get every podcast episode i get something out of it i'm sitting here in my bedroom on my bed recording this one and i always i'm always enlightened when i'm done with my uh, podcast so uh when I wrote this down, I wrote down things that I wanted to experience that were based on these three core states dealing with me being a dad, me being a husband, and me being a teacher of this, the power of imagination, your consciousness, your awareness, what Neville calls the law and the promise. Oh, the promise. So that's what I did. I wrote down some things that dealt with that. What do I want to experience within those states? And then I just went back and everywhere I wrote, like where I wrote, what do I want? I wrote under it. I scratched through what do I want? And I scratched and I wrote, what am I? And then I just quickly, uh, well, not too quickly because I, you want to do it. I did it intentionally. Just wrote down, it went to each one and reread it. And instead of the, uh, instead of to be, which is what I wrote before each one, I wrote to be such and such, to be this, to be that. I just went back and scratched through, drew a line through to be and wrote, I am. I am this. I am that. And I moved from what do I want to what am I? I am this. I am that. And then I asked myself, what would it feel like if all of these things were already true and have been true for some time? But then I thought further, thought about it some more. And instead of focusing on just those things, what would it feel like to know 
that I am the God of my universe and that everything I want is already mine. I just simply have to decide that I want them, that I have them, that my desire is true, that it's good, because it's mine. It's already mine. So I thought about it some more and how things I've gone through over the past couple of years, even knowing, knowing that I am the God of my universe, that I am in control, would bring up other things like, well, yeah, but it, my imagination runs amok, that monkey mind, and I, I start just going crazy and I can't focus on one thing and imagine what I really want. I can't, what am I doing? Oh, look at that, a squirrel, you know, just going all over the place, knowing that I am the creator of my universe, that I am in control, yet still being aware of not being in control of my imagination. You see what I'm saying? That knowing that I am, I am that I am, but yet still assuming I can't control my imagination. Okay, so go back, step back a little further and ask, what would I feel like right now if I have no problem focusing my imagination, deciding what I want, being in absolute control, and not by force. You're not breaking a horse, but you are harnessing it and directing it, deciding what you want, who you want to be, and what you want to experience. I liked it, the little experiment. I don't, I don't really script things or uh, write affirmations down because everything I'm experiencing is a result of what I'm affirming to be true about myself. But this was a fun experiment for me, especially because I don't normally do something like that. But what do I want? And then list them. And then go back and change it to what I am. I am this, I am that, I am that, and capture the feeling of each one, or as a whole, however you want to do it. I am all of these things. And that's what, when I did it, that's what brought up the question, well, let me just step, take a, a step back from it. I am the God of my universe, so whatever I am conscious of being is what I experience. So I can experience all of these things. And I don't have to worry about techniques. I just decide that it's done and know that it's done and continue living in that state, living in the end, that it's done. Oh, all right, guys, this has been fun. Hope to see you one day. I'm going to be traveling. Kim and I are going to be getting out talking to people, sharing my story, my experiences with this. So maybe I'll see you in person one day, one day soon. In the meantime, shoot me an email. Send me your questions. Doug, wait on your questions, man. And I, I'll be happy to talk, chat with you via email or messenger or just answer your questions on another episode.
whatever. I'm here for you. I love you guys. This is Mike Brignac, and this is Feeling Twisty.